welcome to the Wizard of Whiskey podcast. Uh, we're here in Sonoma at Prohibition Spirits with uh, founder uh, Fred Gruff. How are you today, Fred? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming by, guys. Fantastic. Uh, joining me is uh, Eric Sandona of the American Distilling Institute. Hello. How are you, Eric? I'm good. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so I've actually been to this distillery before. They make really great stuff, including uh, Hooker's House uh, bourbon whiskey. Um, and uh, some killer limoncellos as well. So we're going to do a little virtual tasting. Um, virtual for you guys, not for me. I'm going to actually get the taste. And uh, Fred, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the distillery, how you decided to get into this crazy racket? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it all started about seven years ago. Uh, my wife and I were on, were on vacation from Colorado and came to Sonoma Valley and fell in love with it. Thought it was just like Italy with rolling hills and clumpy trees and um, everybody's making really cool artisanal stuff like... Uh, olive oil and wine and bacon and cheese and uh i remember uh, we were looking for some limoncello and people looked at us like we were crazy you know it's like and like well this is like italy we should have some limoncello and uh looked into it and realized no one was making limoncello commercially legally and there was no one really distilling spirits here in uh sonoma county um and we thought if you know if this is so much like italy that would go hand in hand in europe you know distilling and wine growing and all that uh, thought about it for a few months and then quit her job, sold her house, and moved to her with three kids, not knowing a single person, saying, we're going to start a distillery to make limoncello. <laughs> and you got to remember, seven years ago, this old micro distillery thing, people were, like, were not even like into it yet. And so people, uh, well, mostly people in Colorado thought we were insane, crazy, whatever. And uh, people here were a little bit different, were a little more receptive when we got here. So that, that's the thing. We thought limoncello, great fit, Sonoma wine country, kind of goes hand in hand. So that's, that's how we got started. Excellent, excellent. Um, what did you do before this? Uh, I was doing environmental science, technology type stuff. My wife was doing um, event planning and weddings and that. And we just thought it was a good change of pace, something different to do. And uh, just kind of jumped into it, not knowing too much about it. And had to learn along the way. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, well, um, let's start tasting and we can talk about the products as we... Uh, as we go along? Absolutely. Um, so we, we do a lot of things to, here. Um, all of it's wine country influence. So our whiskeys are aged in different wine barrels. We have rum aged in different wine barrels. We have brandy aged in different bourbon barrels and wine barrels and then liqueurs and uh, a little bit of everything. We're working on some gins right now. So um, I guess it's where do you want to start? Um, Eric, where should we start? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say probably um, not the liqueurs. <laughs> probably well, why don't we start with the whiskey then? Yeah, right. start with All the whiskey right. and then go from there. Awesome. I have this pretty cool whiskey flight I can work you guys through. We actually poured this at the uh, Super Bowl oh, wow. um, for the San Francisco 49ers uh, host committee party prior to. And it's a really good way of experiencing different whiskeys. A lot of the things we do here are single-grain varietals. And again, everything's aged in different wine barrels. So um, start you off with unaged corn whiskey. Um, so we, this is the uh, this unaged, is corn, unaged whiskey? corn whiskey. Um, I guess this is what moonshine is supposed to be. You know, um, We don't... Bottle it super hot. It's at 94 proof. Um, I think kind of the uh, sweet creamed corn goodness from Thanksgiving. Uh, it's kind of the highlight of it. It's not too raw or rough. But you guys are the experts. 
A lot of sniffing and swirling <laughs> and chugging. That's why it's so quiet right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's it's like that's us being contemplating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They seem to be smiling. There's not too much uh, scrunchy face. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is horrible. No, it's great. It's, um, <laughs> it's really nice and smooth. Um, I've, uh, as Eric knows, tasted a ton of white uh, whiskeys, moonshines, and, mm-hmm. and clear, um, clear spirits. Um, this has a very subdued palate. It's um, very soft, very easy, very approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice. I think uh, you have it listed here um, to throw into a Bloody Mary, which is, um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you know, um, Bloody Mary is such a big, intense, there's a lot of flavors going on, so I think you need an actual spirit that holds up to that. I mean, you're putting vodka in just because you want alcohol. So if you add something like this, it has a little bit of body, a little bit of backbone to it. Um, You're actually just going to increase, you know, what you got going on in a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I definitely think that would be um, very complex um, um, in a a Bloody Mary. So I'd like to see that with uh, maybe like a bacon Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. Get some smoke in there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, moving on. Down the line, um, the way your score sheet is, or whatever, it moves from kind of our lightest to our heaviest, mm-hmm. uh, both in alcohol and flavor profile. Um, so again, all corn, aged about seven years. It's the oldest stuff we have. Um, it's been in used whiskey barrels, bourbon barrels, mm-hmm. and then also in um, Cabernet barrels from a Napa Valley uh, winery. So, and what we found is with aging our spirits, if you double barreled or you get kind of a new, new, unique flavor profile. Yeah. So, you're getting the traditional American white oak char, but then you put it in a cab barrel, so you're getting some dark fruit mm-hmm. notes, a little bit of cherry going on. And just the use of French oak really softens up a spirit, kind of knocks some edges off. Yeah. Again, a lot of swirling going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's. Well, it's nice. Got some like dark cherry and chocolate, and some really interesting like stone fruit kind of things going on. Yeah, it definitely does. I got a little plum in there. Um, it's definitely something that's pretty complex. Um, really nice. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, I always say this is kind of our most approachable whiskey. Someone that's really interested in getting into the whiskey category or bourbon category it's a nice launching point 90 proof not super hot mm-hmm. um pretty smooth and mellow not a lot of intensity even though there is some complexity i guess there's a difference between intensity and complexity mm-hmm. so it's complex but not in your face <laughs> mm-hmm. complex moving right down along the line this is a uh, prior newest one this is a wheat whiskey so not a lot of wheat whiskeys out there right now um, wheat is usually, you know, a filler in other whiskeys. Um, um, well, go ahead. Oh, go, no, and, and this one's aged in uh, French oak barrels a second time, so it's been in charred American oak barrels uh, for a little over two years, and then we put it into uh, the, uh, the French oak barrels for another, well, depending on how, how long it needs to go to get to the point we want it. Mm-hmm. So I, I consider this a soft one, where the first one was a little sweet. Yeah. Um, the, the, the wheat is really kind of a soft 
character to it. I think it's more of a mouthfeel thing for me, at least. Yeah. While we uh, while we swirl and contemplate, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the Hooker's House uh, name? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, our whiskey line, which includes seven different whiskeys right now, is named after General Hooker. Uh, General Hooker was a local legend character here in Sonoma. Came to uh, Sonoma in 1849, right after California became a state. Gold Rush was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the first federal military for all of California, right here in this little town of Sonoma. Mm-hmm. Um, General Hooker was a partier, liked his whiskey and women. Uh, always had them around, both, both that is. And uh, when he went off to fight in the Civil War, he had over 500 women that were part of his troops. So they traveled with him, they camped with him, they were there to keep morale high. He believed he could die the next day in battle, so tonight we're going to drink, we're going to gamble, we're going to have women, we're going to have a good time. So he was like the quintessential <laughs> stereotype mm-hmm. whiskey and women guy. So this group of fo- this group of ladies, 500 plus strong, was referred to as Hooker's Brigade, Hooker's Girls, and they were just hookers. So he's credited with popularizing the term hookers to how we refer to it today. And his house here in town, uh, which he considered his hometown, uh, is called Hooker's House as a museum now. And I just thought that was like the perfect thing <laughs> for a brand mm-hmm. with a local presence kind of. And again, yeah. you know, we're really small. So, you know, our, uh, our epicenter is kind of here in Sonoma and branches out. We're not a big national brand mm-hmm. or anything like that. So we're creating a lot of small batch stuff right here. So mm-hmm. good local legend to, to support that. Yeah, I think it's got a nice balance in terms of like the character you get from the oak. It's got some heat on it, which means I think you can uh, use it really well in a cocktail. Um, but it's got that soft palate mouthfeel, so it's really, really nice too. If you wanted to drink it neat or with a little bit of water, like some nice whiskey. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, weeded whiskeys, and we talked about this earlier today, in fact. Um, weeded whiskeys tend to remind me of fresh baked bread, and I love that, um, that quality. Um, and if you've ever been to a, a barrel, uh, a rack house or a barrel aging house, um, you walk in and it basically smells like a bakery that's a caramelized bakery, that mm-hmm. stuff just evaporating, and, mm-hmm. um, and it's fantastic, and I love that, uh, um, I love that nose on, on that weeded whiskey, um, or wheat whiskey, however you want to say it. But uh, it's very nice, um, very lush mouthfeel. Um, really well, nice. I think the French oak, French oak adds some complexity um, to it. I'm a big French wine fan, big French francophile. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, if that one was like bread, <coughs> wait till you try the rye. Right. So rye whiskey, um, to me again, you know, it's earthy, spicy. It's got that baked bread, rye goodness. And when we went to match this one with a particular style of barrel for finishing, we went uh, with Zinfandel wine. Uh, I'm working with our friends here, Gunlock Bunshu, um, repurposing some of their ex Zinfandel barrels. So trying to build on that earthy, spicy uh, character even more. I know some people have tried putting rye in like sherry barrels or something. I think that sweetens it, mm-hmm. whereas here we're trying to build on that earthy, spicy complexity. Mm-hmm. Got some good background noise here with the uh, <laughs> the auto body shop next door <laughs> building race cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a typical Thursday for us here at the Wizard Whiskey. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, this is um, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm a huge rye fan. Um, I think it, it deserves a lot of respect, given that it was technically America's first whiskey. Um, what's the uh, 47? Okay, so 47 ABV. It's really it's really lush. It's really has a pretty exceptional mouthfeel. Um, little spice. I'm gonna try this one with you. Mm-hmm. I definitely get that Chex Mix note um, that I enjoy. Um, that grainy, fresh grain herbaceousness that I get um, in rye. And uh, it'd be really interesting to see this rye at 15 years or at you know 20 years or 12, 12 to 15 years. It would be really, really interesting to see um, the complexity of it. Yeah, I think it's got, like, at four years old... Um, I mean, it's showing nicely, but it uh, to me it seems like it's got got a good amount of room to, to grow into it. So um, I think the the layer on top with the Zinfandel barrel uh, adds a nice little uh, complexity to the the rye that uh, you don't you don't get in a lot of others. So well, that's good to know because rye when we first started was one of my least favorite, mm-hmm. and I think it's really grown on me as I've come to like appreciate it more mm-hmm. um that's why i poured myself a glass on this one because i'm like i like to hear what you guys are saying because i can experience the same thing mm-hmm. and uh, i always tell people at least i think that this is leaning more towards scotch than any other thing just that earthiness to me mm-hmm. on it and so i always say if people like scotch which obviously we don't make here <laughs> that mm-hmm. that is something rise by the closest of the whiskeys we make at least going in that direction mm-hmm. Bourbon is probably one of our most intense whiskeys we do here. It's a hundred proof. Got kept it a little hotter. Um, and this one we finish in um, Pinot Noir barrels from Shug Winery. Hmm. And when we first started talking with winemakers on how you know they're so into their barrels and you know what flavors we were trying to go for, um, we talked with Shug Winery, the winemaker there, and he's like, you know, you really need Carneros Pinot Noir. Uh, that's known for its dark fruit, plum, cherry notes. And when you think about a Manhattan or other kind mm-hmm. of classic cocktails that incorporate bourbon, that's kind of the perfect complement to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it that definitely is. pulls out those. Yeah, that, like, cherry. Some, uh... Definitely plum. Mm-hmm. Plum. It's really, really yeah. nice. That is, that is, as they say, lip-smacking good. It's, uh... <laughs> It's uh, it's bourbon, and, and I think it's true as true as form, where you get the the sweet corn, you get um, caramel and toffee, and the the pinot barrel really adds that that fruit complexity. Um, definitely on the finish, mm-hmm. yeah. and the nose on this is wow. What is that? It's oh, a candied gingerbread or something. Mm. Which I realized candy gingerbread is redundant, but <laughs> <laughs> after I said it, I, th- I think bourbon, as far as what we see, is like the most popular, at least in this area right now. Mm-hmm. People are really into bourbon. Um, the whole bourbon renaissance going on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, bourbon uh, has exploded um, with the craft spirits renaissance um, over the past five, six years. Um, um, whiskeys in general have, have exploded and um, people are becoming more and more educated and um, trusting that they can get a quality bourbon outside of Kentucky. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah. Uh, what is next on the docket? Well, um, this is one we're going off your little tasting sheet here. Mm-hmm. We just don't serve this to anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll circle back around to the last one. Um, this is our only kind of multi-year aged blended one. Hmm. And the reason why is this includes uh, some source whiskey up to 21 years old. Okay. So um, obviously we haven't been around that long. So um, came across some barrels realized how little was in each barrel and so we decided to do a Solera aging process that incorporated uh, four different years of bourbon aged in seven different styles of barrel mm-hmm. over an additional 18 months mm-hmm. so got a lot going on got some younger stuff got some older stuff got different barrel styles mm-hmm. um, with the idea that each one will add a different character complexity level to it mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really interesting. I mean, compared to so the the your bourbon made here, aged here, uh, really big, powerful. This has like the mouthfeel is a little bit lighter, but it's got there's uh, really and in, in strong intensity in terms of the the flavors that you're getting. There's a lot of layers going on that's really nice. That um, that I think probably speaks to that Solera process that you're that you're using. Yeah, so it's been in you know the uh, American oak. It's been in new barrels. It's been in used barrels. It's been in cab barrels. It's been in Pinot barrels. Um, some brand new eclat, uh, heavy toasted barrels. So a little little bit of everything on that. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't know <laughs> what the final result would be. Mm-hmm. We just thought that would be a, a cool way to kind of increase the volume mm-hmm. while still keeping some of the characteristics of the different years. Mm-hmm. Down from the top barrel rack, we're, um, <laughs> we'll be pouring the last of the whiskeys for you from a wine thief. Give it that romantic appeal mm-hmm. going on. And we will be bottling this probably within the next week, this barrel. So this is one I call epicenter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a, a little bit younger, but what happened um, a year and a half ago, we had an earthquake here uh, in Napa. Mm-hmm. We were actually only 2.9 miles from the epicenter. That's why it's called epicenter. Um, and a lot of the wineries around here lost a ton of barrels, including right across the street. They lost 180 uh, that fell over. Uh, by the time when I got back here the next morning after the earthquake, found a, a couple barrels on, from the top rack that were almost falling down, but not quite. We actually had to drain the barrels um, to before we could move them because mm-hmm. we were if we thought we, if we tried to move them they would really come down. Okay. Um, so we drained the barrels and then we learned that because we drained the barrels before the time that that doesn't classify as bourbon anymore. Right. So I was like, what? So <laughs> like, okay, let's go with what we got. So um, uh, so we go, let's go with um, cast strength. So it's 112 proof, mm-hmm. um, young bourbon. So the classification is. Um, Whiskey from bourbon mash is what the mm. TTB said we could call it. And we thought, well, you know, there was something magical about these barrels. Why did they try to get out where everybody else kind of stood still? Mm-hmm. And um, we decided to increase kind of that vibration effect, introducing some uh, technology over time. So played around with that a little. So younger, 
higher proof, but I think um, it's it's pretty soft for 112 proof. Yeah. And young. Yeah, the the wood character in this is definitely a little younger, a little greener, um, but that I think works well with the higher proof. Uh, you still get some of that sweetness from the corn. There's uh, plenty of spice um, on the finish. <laughs> 